Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode 261, 261, recording this live Monday night, not evening, not morning, not during the day, night, 9.30 Eastern Time, Monday, November 30th, last day of November. We thought we'd, we'd end it on a high note my name is Rob Woodbridge from Foco.co, located in Ottawa, Ontario, and with me, well, actually, I should say home of the second place, Ottawa Red Blacks. Yes. Right? Losers of the yes. Grey Cup. But uh, with me as usual... Well, if it wasn't for that pass interference, the, you know, it, I think things would have been okay. Yeah. There's always one play, right? Yeah. There's know. always one play. But anyhow, whatever. I think it was, I blame it on Fallout Boy as the halftime entertainment. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyways, with me as usual, it is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto, and uh, yeah, in all Toronto. is all is well in Toronto, Ontario, center of the universe. Mm. You know, I had a great uh, great visit up in Toronto this past week, Asif, where we got to sit down and have a cup of coffee and face to face, face to face, and have a good conversation. And uh, I got to catch up with a bunch of friends. I sat in front of uh, twelve CEOs and had a good discussion about mobile. The mobile mobile thinking is really what it's about. And then I also had um, I had time to visit a couple of other businesses that I was there. It was a good two day visit, and I got home early. So what can I say? It was good. All 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 seems well. Toronto is a world. great city. Yeah, I, I joke about it, but it's a very good city as long as I don't have to drive. <laughs> so we got a we yeah. got we got a great show. We got uh, obviously our industry news. We got five items for industry news. We got five items for uh, for uh, member news, and of, and we actually have a guest two weeks in a row. See, that's amazing. I know, and we might. I, I, there's a chance, oh. you know, cross your fingers. There might be three weeks in a row. Don't don't promise anything, dude. Yeah, don't so. promise anything. Well, this is uh, Eric McBillan from Shelf Bucks coming on. You had a good uh, an opportunity to sit down and chat with him, but of course, before we get into any of that, it just seems like there's a lot of Christmas cheer going on as we crest into December. Asif, what's going on with the LBMA? There is uh, lots going on. Uh, so many of the chapters in North America, anyways, are hosting, uh, you know, meetups, cocktails, drinks, very social-oriented things. Uh, no content uh, to speak of. Uh, just you know, just hey, get together with your fellow LBMAers in your favorite town and have a drink and celebrate the season. Uh, so it starts this week uh, on the third. Uh, that's Thursday in Chicago. The Chicago chapter is, is, is gathering at a place called We Work uh, in River North. And then next week, um, we've got, uh, I guess, three events happening, uh, all on the 9th, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> the LA chapter is hosting one uh, in conjunction with the Kelsey event that's going on, the Kelsey uh, uh, BIA Kelsey Next Conference. Um, the Dallas chapter is hosting an event uh, also on the 9th, and that is at a place called The People's Last Stand. I love the name. It's great. It's great. Uh, and then Toronto is also hosting one on the 9th uh, at a place called 120 Diner on 120 Church Street. Um, so um, that's what's going on so far. And I understand there may be also an event uh, happening in, uh, in New York the following week. Uh, and then on the 17th, uh, to wrap it all up, Atlanta is also hosting a, uh, an event. Uh, so there you go. Plenty wow. of holiday cheer. It's funny that it has, everybody has, has events in December, it seems. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, people like to gather and drink. They do. No content, just the contents of a bottle. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Well, I have just one Christmas party that I'm going to this year. Mm-hmm. The focal party? The focal party. And I'm going to then, uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, Asif, get paid during the Christmas vacation. Awesome. <laughs> I just was trying to explain this to my kids. It's the funniest story is that I was saying to, to my kids, Jack and Ben, it's like, you know, so now there's vacation. And, uh, and you know, what's the funniest thing, Jack, in their entire life. They've, I mean, I, I ran Roe for the first three years of their lives, but they, they don't remember that. But so I said, you know, this is really the first time that we'll take va- this the Christmas vacation off and I will get paid. And they, <laughs> they were, I, don't, I didn't think they thought much of it, but they went into school next day and they're like, you know what? My dad gets vacation and he gets paid when he's having vacation. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. So I picked them up the next day and the teacher's like, you have paid vacation. I'm like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> is, it, was, it was very funny. It's a new experience. It was very, very funny. My kids, ridiculous. Anyways, that's how sheltered they are. That's uh. how they're like, Dad, you have stability? What is that? Anyway, well, yeah. it's very funny. I'm not saying that I was ever not stable, but I've never had vacation and, and it's been a while. Anyway, so what do you say we uh, we, we jump into the news on, on Let's that Let's do note. it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we got some exciting stuff, though, but before we actually get into the news is that... Um, we have a sponsor that's actually coming on board, which is very yes. exciting. Uh, so they will start uh, within the next couple of weeks uh, through December. Then we'll see how that goes. And then hopefully they will sign on a little bit long term. So uh, that's 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 just that's great news. That's great news. So when you stop looking for sponsors, they come at you, right? So for those of you, we're not looking out there. Just I'm just letting you know, we're not looking. Wank. <laughs> but right. bring it on. Bring it. <coughs> All right. Yeah. So let's jump into the news. And I, of course, get to go first, Asif. You do. I'm going to take this story and I'm going to run with this story. Do we need a little uh, theme song for this? I was going to say, uh, you know what? I, I, I wish I queued it up. Boy, I wish I queued you it up. You could bring it in at the end. I can. I'm going to bring it in. See, now, it, it, it'll be exactly like I had planned this. So here's cue the music. And here we go with our first story of the episode. We're talking about, of course... Star Wars. I think the whole world is talking about Star Wars these days. I cannot wait to see the movie. I know people are probably still lining up, lining up at this very moment. Uh, in Ottawa, there are still tickets. So if you have to fly somewhere, come to Ottawa for tickets. But it seems like everywhere else, across Toronto, across all the big cities in the United States, everything is sold out from the 18th on into the new year. Every show is sold out. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be an incredible event. Um, I'm not putting up too many expectations, but I, if this thing doesn't kill, I'll be so disappointed. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what the story is. It has something to do with Star Wars, obviously, and Lego. And this is done, um, you know, J.C. Dassault, who we, you know, who we love. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that they're the greatest the greatest agency that you can find. I know that there are many that you work with, but I can safely say that I don't work with any of them. And J.C. Dassault kills it every single freaking time. So this is actually uh, in Berlin where there's a bus stop. And on the back of the bus stop, there is a Star Wars uh, poster on the back of a bus stop. In fact, inside the bus stop as well, uh, all the bus shelter locations. And you can activate this by through Instagram by taking a selfie with your photo, like just by taking a selfie towards the uh, towards the backstop of the bus stop, and you then publish it on Instagram with the hashtag on the dark side or on the light side, and a hashtag to identify exactly what bus shelter you are sitting at, and then it prints it out your photo for you right from that bus stop. So. Let me say that a little bit easier. You take a selfie at the bus stop, then you hashtag it through Instagram on the dark side, or on the light side with the bus stop name, 
and it prints it right in front of you. There's a little printer, and you grab the photo, and you run away. Bah! Awesome. That's just great. That's it. Yeah. What else? What else can you say? But it's all the Lego characters, which is great. I love I love Star Wars Lego. My kids play it all the time. It is. It is pretty cool. Yeah. All those Lego movies are pretty cool. I have to say. They are, and there are there are lots more than what was just put in in the theater, yeah. right? The Lego movie. So, it's, it's a good story. I like it. First story, Star Wars. Da, 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 da. All right, I'm done. All right. You, you, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, our second story. A company called Playster, P-L-A-C-E-S-T-E-R, has raised $27 million in the last week. This is a Series C following on a $15 million round uh, Series B. Um, uh, some of this money, th this company originally came out of the Techstars uh, Accelerator, um, and uh, they're based in Boston. And uh, they've got money now from New Enterprise Associates, Romulus Capital, and some others. Uh, what is Playster? Playster is a software platform that helps real estate agents build websites, um, you know, for whatever homes they've they're putting on the market. And uh, it, it's interesting. It's it's a lead generation platform. It's very location based. It's uh, you know basically rapid web uh, d development uh, for individual homes that you want to list, as well as um, search optimization, uh, location based search optimization tied to that and. And also connectivity to uh, to Facebook uh, as well uh, built into this. So there's a lot of stuff in this platform. It's not just build your website. It's, it has a lot of linkages to social and search and, and other things. So powerful piece of uh, a software there. If you're in the real estate business, uh, you might want to take a look at it. And um, I understand about they say 20% of the 1.2 million real estate agents in the US there's 1.2 million real estate agents in the US and 20% of them are already on the Playster platform so that's huge you know Holy that you know, one fifth of the real estate uh, that you see out there is on is on this platform and they and they've done this through corporate deals with Remax and Keller Williams and, and uh, some others um, you know uh, out there so it's uh, pretty powerful take a look at it Playster uh, 27 million bucks to grow. So they've raised 42 in two rounds. Yeah. And they're trying to help give um, real estate agents, websites a facelift. Yeah. Oh, God. They, they, that is such a needed service. Yeah. It's amazing, right? Well, I mean, I have you if you've ever sold or bought a house and you've tried to look at any of the agents' websites, they're all terrible. And one thing I don't understand is why do they put their freaking pictures on the cards? Like, I, just, I don't get that. I never got that. I never, I don't get that. My dad was a real estate agent too. And I always used to make fun of him for that. Oh my God. So, like, so I walk in every day to this office and, and there's like a for rent sign because there's some space, some, some space on the ground floor of our building. And, uh, and there's this dorky dude like. Yeah. And what, what I don't get, what I always used to oh. bug my dad about is just like, you know, like he got that card with, with his picture on it. And then like <laughs> 10 years later. The same like, same picture. It's the same picture, like, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, come on, like, you're like so much older now. Who are you like, fooling? You don't have like you're you have half the hair that you had in this picture. Like, come on, like, Dad. update the photo at least. That's the greatest thing. That is the greatest thing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I anyways. just don't understand that. So maybe maybe these guys placed can help. Place, no, I don't know. Let's hope. No, just stop taking giving me photos with pictures of. Anyway. 
All right, our next story. Well, maybe <laughs> I don't even want to tie this into real estate agents. No, don't no, just no, leave no. it alone. I'm gonna a little pause here because we're gonna yeah. be talking about guns, and I'm gonna be talking about something called the iProtect. It's a Bluetooth gun from Beretta, which is the Italian gun maker. Everybody knows of Beretta. Well, they were at a uh, at a show a while back, and the gun show. In fact, it's my welcome to the gun show. That's that's the big the big anyway the big joke. Uh, it was. This is something that that actually is a Bluetooth enabled uh, gun. And uh, Steve, I remember having this conversation with you a while back. We about, did. Hey, listen. If we really want to protect um, people from being shot, then let's do something like this. Maybe maybe this is just one step in that direction. But let's limit the ability for somebody to shoot a gun based on fingerprint sensing, whatever it might be. You know, proximity, Bluetooth, whatever. But this is this is uh, something that actually basically audits the use of the gun. So it's Bluetooth enabled. You can tie it into your smartphone, but it also has the system. It allows it to be um, monitored remotely. So obviously it goes through the phone and then it goes out to uh, to this knock, basically. So you get real time information about the gun, whether it's in the holster, whether it's out of the holster, whether the pistol is cocked and whether it's shot. Mm-hmm. It has all these indications on a screen that tell you exactly what's going on with the gun. Uh, this is actually very, very, uh, well, it's not cool. Let me tell you this. Guns suck. We're Canadian. We don't carry firearms everywhere we go. Uh, and I think that this is just one step in a sequence that needs to happen in order for us to be able to control guns so that when they get into the wrong hands, nobody can use them, right? Yeah. So this is done uh, in conjunction with, obviously, Beretta and an Italian IT company called Intellitronica. And cool name. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for me, like the the piece I've been talking about for a couple of years around this, which is included in this in this uh, I protect uh, gun, is the geofencing piece, right? To to be able to understand, you know, you know who really, unless you're law enforcement, you know, who needs to have a gun, you know, in a movie theater, right? Yeah. You know, that's gonna you know shoot up you know a bunch of kids, or you know, you know, in a shopping mall, or in a school, or you know, what have you, right? Like so, so I think there are things like that that you know. Um, where technology can help to aid in, uh, in you know, controlling or deactivating, you know, the firing mechanisms or other things, you know, um, like that. So, I see if there have been something like 370 mass shootings in the United States so far this year. It, it, yeah. It's more than one a day. Like, more than one a day. And, and mass shootings are where there's one or, you know, more than two people, not casualties, but who have been injured or have been killed. There are 370 of them in the United States to this point, to November 30th. We're not even 365 Crazy. days. Like, think about that. So why, why isn't this stuff accelerating? I just don't understand it. Is that, I, 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 like, I'm Canadian. So Americans out there help us understand this because I don't get it. Guns in the wrong hands do damage. Anyway, I just... I, it's, anyway. It's crazy. All right, we won't dwell on it. I can't. We'll I, I can't. We'll move on. Yeah. Let's, let's go to a happy story. Please, bring me back to my happy place. What story? See. A company called L&PM Editores. No, no, no. I thought we were going to talk about Bruce Springsteen. That's where my happy place is. <laughs> no, no, Bruce Springsteen's going to get a break today. No, we no, because... Get the Star Wars theme song. We're four days away from the release of the Ties That Bind, buddy. Bring him up next week. Okay. We'll bring him up next week. Okay. So anyways, a company called L&PM Editores uh, in Brazil, um, it's uh, Brazil's biggest pocketbook publishing company. Uh, so this is, you know, com- people are still publishing books. People are still reading books. This is like we're talking about actual like paperback uh, books here. 
And so they did a really cool uh, project uh, where they partnered with an agency called Agencia Africa, uh, as well as the um, the the subway uh, company, the company who runs the underground transit subway uh, system, and what they did was is to try and encourage people to get back to reading and, and reading books. Um, they created a set, a collection of small paperbacks that also work. Uh, they double in purpose. Besides being a book, they're also a ticket to get on the subway. Um, and you know, like it's interesting, right? Because people often you see people on on subway cars or on transit, you know, on trains reading books, right? So this this kind of makes sense to me. Um, and so it's a collection of ten books with RFID cards built inside the book, like in the cover. Um, and then um, they, they've worked with with the subway guys to make the turnstile scanners be able to read these RFID uh, pieces in, in the book. So you just basically scan your book. And and you get on the subway, uh, so it's a replacement for for your ticket. Um, and uh, the um, the other thing that's cool about this is, so they gave away ten thousand of these books uh, as a promotion on World Book Day, uh, which was back in April. And uh, it, it's been so successful that they're still going with this now. Uh, they've got all sorts of campaigns around this, um, and you basically with one book you get ten free trips on the subway. Um, and then when you're done, you can recharge the the system, like you can reload it with uh, with with, uh, with new uh, fares, uh, or you can uh, or they encourage you to to give the book to somebody else and and kind of pass it along and 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 load it up for them. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, so there you go, L and P M Editores, um, with something called the Ticket Books in Brazil. I, I saw I saw when I was on the plane back from Toronto, I saw somebody with a book. They are not fiction, man. They actually exist. There are paperback books out there, and these are real books. Like so, the ten titles. Just to give you some some titles here, it wasn't just like some any books that they came up with. It's uh, Peanuts, uh, Friendship. Uh, that's what friends are for. Like Charles Schultz. Uh, 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 one of them is Garfield. Um, so these these are books. Is what you call literary? <laughs> yeah, no, no. They're, they're, but but no. That I mean that they had some for kids basically. So they also had the Great Gatsby. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Art of War. Because okay, uh, that's a light read on the bus. The Baskervilles, uh, Hamlet by Shakespeare, uh, Murder Alley by Agatha Christie, Chives um, in Trouble, and uh, Quintana Pocket by Mario Quintana. Um, so it was a it was a variety of things. A variety, exactly. <laughs> From Garfield it's, to the Art of War. Yeah, it's it's quite a range. <laughs> oh my God! So and you know happens? what? I have to say, like. Uh, you know, I, I, let's see. I've read some Garfield when I was a kid. <laughs> of course. I'm back into Peanuts right now. My kids are into that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if your kids saw that movie. Mine did. Not yet. Um, Gatsby, I don't know. I think I've read that book a, a few times. Art of War, I've read that one. Hound of the Baskervilles, I've read that one. Hamlet, I've read that. Well, I was forced to read that. Yes. Um, yeah. And I guess the others are, uh, are, I guess, are local Portuguese books. But they're they're not on your list? They're not on your to-read list? A lot of these sound like that. They're... I haven't mastered Portuguese yet, so there you go. <laughs> Just... This is anyhow. Well, right. No, see what happens when I've read the book and I still have tickets left. Do I have to carry the book around with me? I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting play. It's yeah. an interesting play, but they they do exist. Books do exist. Yeah. But why? You know, the thing that I would have done is put them on the back of Archie comics, like the Archie uh, Digests, right? Hayuk, hayuk, hayuk. <laughs> All right, our fifth story. Okay. Yeah. One more. Uh, <laughs> Just keep story. going here. Okay. Our fifth story uh, involves two companies uh, working together. It's Kantar Shopcom and 4Info. 
And I think we brought up a story a couple of weeks ago, but there was there was very similar to this: is that everybody's trying to figure out how they measure digital into offline conversions. And here is a perfect example of another two companies that where they there's no overlap. Is that uh, Kantar Shopcom buys information about their uh, about people people. Uh, who buy from retailers. So they buy this information from retailers and Forinfo collects the information uh, on, digitally from um, about people that are buying online. And now they're marrying this, this, uh, the, the data together to show what ads actually prompt people to go from off uh, for online to offline into uh, to go and buy. So they're looking for those ads that influence offline buys because we all know that the vast majority of us may search online despite what today is which is cyber monday we will search online but then we'll go into the store to actually close the deal so they want to understand what influences people from finding it online to closing the deal in the store and here's a perfect example for info and and uh and kantar shopcom can do this and and this is this is probably a, a, a natural, and we've we've talked about these examples before, where companies are looking to actually validate their their online spend, and companies like Facebook and Google are have offerings like this where they're tracking offline or online to offline purchases. So this is this just seems seems realistic. Yeah, it's where it's where the industry is going right now. So it's uh, it's kind of right right smack dab in in what brands are looking for and measurement measuring engagement and and uh, I can tell you I, one of the interesting things that I've done in the last week is um, I uh, I sent out a survey to all of our chapter leaders around the world with a series of I think there was 13 possible topics for um, you know themes educational themes for um, chapter events for 2016 and I said you know I wanted you to rank them uh, you know, one through thirteen, with one being you know your top one, and consistently either rank number one or number two is, you know, measuring this online offline you know piece and and the effectiveness of location based ads uh, is coming seems to be you know coming up at the top all the time. Yeah. Um. And so that'll be a big topic for us in 2016 for sure. Wait, this the 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 numbers are staggering, right? Because when you start to amass shoppers online and shoppers offline so just to give you an example yeah. this kind of Kantar and for info uh, segments they offer uh, data or it incorporates data from 175 million unique customers from 32,000 retailers and shopping centers across the US and the SKU level data represents 15 plus retail sectors and 300 retail categories and and actually comprises as they say here 55 million products so it, it just sounds impressive but one of the things that is always missing for me in this is that is the mobile middleman, right? Mm. So I believe that there's that you can go from from online to offline, but I think that there's what what you've got to also incorporate is not just the influence of this this ad over here to get you here. It's the things that you've done on the mobile device as well to land in that particular retailer as well, right? Because yep. you have a choice. We all have choices to buy products. I can buy my Levi's at Levi's or at the Bay. Do people still wear Levi's? I'm not sure, but you know what I mean. You can you can you can choose the store. So it's not only that they bought the product, but how do they land in that store? And I think right. that's the third axis here that we're not talking for sure. About. So, anyways, this is this is good. I mean, validation is important. Validation is important, and maybe if we validate the good ads, we'll stop seeing so many of them. And we'll only see the good ones. Now there's a thought. Wow. Down with advertising.
The Penguins are very happy, Rob. Yes. Not sponsorship. Not down with sponsorship. Down with advertising. All right. All right. Those are the five stories of the week from the industry. Awesome stories. Thank you, Asif Khan. Now, you had an opportunity to sit down with somebody, a real guest, a live guest, other than the talking voices we hear. So uh, you might remember just a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, a company called Shelf Bucks raising a whack of money. So I decided to reach out to Eric McMillan, their founder and CEO, and see what he had to say about that. So um, that's, that's, that's it. So here he is, Eric McMillan, founder and CEO of Shelf Bucks. Well, it's that time of the week where we get to have a special guest on the show. And uh, I'm really excited today because this is a company that uh, I'm close to um, and we're, we're, we're here and we have Eric McMillan, the founder and CEO of Shelf Bucks. Uh, Eric, welcome to uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Thank you, Asif. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I'm, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm an uh, uh, advisor to, to this company and uh, the reason I wanted you to get on the show and talk to us uh, and give us an update is because you just closed uh, a, a funding round of six and a half million dollars. But uh, before we get into that, why don't you tell for like the three people who haven't heard of Shelf Bucks yet, um, you know who who you guys are, what what problem you're solving in the industry. Thank you, Asif, and uh, glad to be here. Um, so Shelf Bucks, uh, for those who uh, don't know what we do, we are. Uh, a in-store marketing effectiveness and optimization company. We allow brands and retailers to put small, low-cost sensors into in-store marketing materials, end caps, uh, corrugated cardboard displays, shipper programs, pallets, anything that a, a brand or a retailer can merchandise inside their stores. We add a, a sensor to it when it's manufactured for the brand or the retailer. And when it shows up in the store, it's now a smart display and it can measure everything from did that piece of merchandising get to that retail store, how long did it stay there, how many shoppers were exposed to that piece of marketing, and then if we are inside of the retailer's mobile app or one of our third-party mobile app partners, that shopper can actually walk up to that piece of merchandise and get digital content right from it. Uh, so Shelfbox is in the business of helping brands and retailers understand and measure their in-store marketing and merchandising and uh, help those brand marketers talk to a shopper right at the point of purchase. Very cool. And one thing I just heard you 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 say very eloquently, much better than I can, is um, you know there's a lot of talk right now in retail um, about beacons and, and, and technologies like that. I mean, pretty much every retailer that we work with at the LBMA is testing or deploying some sort of beacon solution. But what I'm hearing from you is, is it's not just about putting beacons out there. It, it's about how we embed, you know, the, these beacons and other sensor technologies into, you know, the, sort of just the fabric of, of the store, right? Whether it's the shelving or the pallets or, or what have you. And, and, and I think that's a pretty unique position. Yeah, you got it. I mean, I think beacons are really exciting. But what a beacon is, is a, it's a sensor that spits out ELE packets and a mobile application can hear those BLE packets, and you know you can buy beacons from anywhere. You know Chinese manufacturers, Indian manufacturers, Russian manufacturers. You know there's a lot of great beacons, um, but if there's not a solution to go with it, you've got a problem. And on top of that, if it's infrastructure that a retailer has to install and worry about, it's expensive. It's expensive to install it. It's expensive to maintain it. And then if you're a brand and you want to put sensors into retail. How do you put sensors into retail? Because the retail owns the uh, store operations footprint. So yeah, I think we have a fairly 
with our partnerships with uh, Menasha Packaging, uh, as well as upcoming other partners, we can very easily put sensors for brands and retailers into the existing, I like how you said it, fabric of retail, right? So now displays from every brand in the world are going into stores today. So partner with Shelfbox and tomorrow those same displays can be a part of this Internet of Things web and the fabric of your in-store marketing. Yeah, it's definitely a hot topic right now, you know, retail and IoT and, and kind of everything being smart and connected and, and, and integrated with with everything else. So, And that's the other challenge, too, that we see at the LBMA is, is you know, beacons are one thing, but, you know, do those beacons talk to, um, you know, my point of sale system and my CRM and my loyalty platform and all these other things that are important to retailers? So it's, it's important that it's, it is truly part of that fabric. Now, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, can you give us, you, you know, maybe in the last year or so, your, your favorite uh, use case or example of, of how you've seen this stuff been deployed? Yours or somebody else's? I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Sure. You know, our, our most publicized customer to date has been GameStop. Yeah. And, and you know uh, Jeff and Charlie really well, a, a great uh, early cust- retail customer for us. And they've deployed our platform to all Central Texas stores, and now they've rolled it out to um, New York, San Francisco, and Nashville as well. Uh, so we're starting to get a lot of early learnings um, on what works and what doesn't work. How do you manage this type of infrastructure? How do you uh, bring down content, promotional content, in, in, in near real time and serve it to customers? And how do you look at analytics and see what's working and what's not? So I think that's one of my favorite examples right now is where GameStop took sensors, put them on their shelves and at their entry points, and are now able to, to measure what digital shoppers are coming into their stores, what those shoppers are doing, how long they're spending, what they're spending, and uh, trying to change that behavior with you know this in-store platform. So that's just kudos to GameStop for getting in early and, and really uh, trying to figure out how to give a better experience to their shoppers. And then uh, other examples are with Menasha packaging, and most people in IoT haven't heard of Menasha because you know they are kind of the underlying fabric of retail, right? So they create all those corrugated cardboard displays you see from Unilever and Johnson and Johnson and Kraft and General Mills and Kellogg's and all the rest. Uh, those those displays are made by somebody, and Menasha is one of the largest producer of displays in North America. And so they've been able to, with some of, several of those names I've mentioned, I don't want to get too specific, but roll out displays to grocery and drug retailers and start understanding what's happening with their marketing. And um, I can't give you too much information, but part of what we're using this money for is to scale our platform out. And uh, we've got quite a few major customers, retail customers, and brand customers that are going to start having some big news in 2016. Fantastic. So on, on that front, then, uh, you know, six and a half million dollars, you guys, I assume, have been working on, on raising this round for a, a while now. Um, can you tell us any more about, you know, not just what you're using it for, but, you know, where it's coming from and, and it, it, is it strategic um, or yeah. is it just, hey, you know, we, we, we need this cash to grow? So um, what I can tell you is we haven't taken any money from venture capital firms or private equity firms. So most of the money has been from, you know, if you go to our website, you can see the list of amazing advisors like yourself we've got on board. 
most of our money has been come from you know either super angels or angels that have really strong industry connections. So all the money we've raised, almost you know, and to date we raised we've raised uh, I believe two point two five million before this. So we've raised almost eight point seven five million dollars in money from industry executives who want to see wow. us change change the in-store experience and change the the way brands and retailers measure their promotional uh, merchandising supply chain and relationship with shoppers in the store. So um, that's a little bit about who it came from. And yeah, I mean, now it's it's about executing for our customers and bringing on the world's best brands and, and retailers and helping really change the in-store experience. And is it truly the world or are you, are you looking beyond the U.S. at the moment? Um at this point? Our, our major focus is North America currently because there's just so much to do, as you yes. know, uh, to scale here. However, our customers are global and we are already in conversations about how do we take this to other parts of the world. So I really just think it's when will our customers feel comfortable and confident in making that leap across uh, to Europe and Asia and, and all the other uh, places in the world. Fantastic. All right, one final word, you know, if you could look into the crystal ball and kind of, you know, make a wish and, and think about the future of, you know, where you're going to be or what's next, you know, w what is that for you? I feel like this industry is really early and people are s struggling to find the use cases that are going to work for them. But if I had to look at, at that, you know, that orb, that crystal ball, I, I think it's if brands can figure out how to weave sensors and Internet of Things and data into their current supply chain, if they can figure out how to bring this new technology into what they're currently doing, don't change the way they're doing everything. Mm. They'll have more data and insights and reach to consumers than they've ever had before. So I think the crystal ball will show brands will lead the charge into retail through their existing supply chain of merchandising and they will glean insights that help both them and retailers and this you know I've seen some some pretty interesting projections at how many sensors will be out there I just my crystal ball tells me I think we're underestimating I think this is going to be much bigger than any of us think and we don't know what use cases are going to work but the brands that move now are going to have just benefits that we don't even know today. Fantastic. Well, we hope so. We hope that this this industry is going to explode, uh, and that we're you know we're really at the early days in the beginning of of, of the potential of where it can go. So uh, it looks like Shelfbox is well positioned for that. Has some capital to help support it uh, around that. Uh, and I want to thank you for just taking a few minutes out of your day to. Uh, come and share with us uh, on uh, on the show. So again, for our audience, we've been chatting with Eric McMillan, the founder and CEO of Shelfbucks, uh, based in Austin, Texas. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Yeah, so Eric, thanks again for doing that. We, uh, we love having you on the show and uh, love what you guys are doing. And uh, we will see a lot of Shelfbucks at Retail Loco in, uh, at South by Southwest. Obviously, they're based in Austin and uh, will be a big part of that, as they usually are. Raise uh, money just for that. Just for that, yeah, just to get behind Retail Loco. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Eric, buddy. 
All right, AK, you've got five stories from your members. The LBMA has how many yeah. members now? How many members? Do you well, have? I'm going to start with a fun one, which is, uh, by the way, I, I just got the update here. The Toronto Maple Leafs have beat the Edmonton no. Oilers 3 nothing tonight. No, with no, there's clearly a conspiracy. With, with their rookie goalie, his first, his first game ever in the NHL. And speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the company that owns the Toronto Maple Leafs, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Inc., um, MLSE, which also owns the Raptors and Toronto FC, uh, has inked an interesting deal um, with Airbnb. And you're like, Airbnb and, and the Maple Leafs and sports? What's that? What's going on? Uh, well, um, according to Aaron Zifkin, who's the country manager for Airbnb Canada, they've created an experience that's, uh, that's never happened before. It's called uh, an unusual night at, uh, the unusual night at contest. Uh, and basically, uh, some lucky uh, couple uh, or two people—it doesn't have to be a couple, I guess—are uh, after after a game uh, on the weekend of January the twenty-third, twenty-fourth, um, uh, wherever the Leafs are playing that weekend in Toronto. You know, you come, you get to watch the game, you get to have box seats and 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 that experience. But guess what? When the game's over, they don't kick you out of the building. You get to stay in the suite that Airbnb has converted into like a, a luxury uh, bedroom basically and, and full-on suite that you can live in for the night. Um, so this contest is running right now. Yeah, everybody can, can apply and have a chance to win this. The contest runs until December the 15th and you could actually stay overnight at the Air Canada Centre in, in a converted box. That's creepy. Yeah. Totally creepy. There you go. All right, creepy. Yeah, sure. And and here here's the here's the cool thing about it though. Okay, so have, I'm waiting uh, for it. Airbnb has they've already created a listing uh, for this property, uh, and the suite contains several house rules that uh -huh. you that you have to follow if you're if you're the winner of this. Uh, one of these is no placing loonies under center ice. Anyone caught cheering for the Habs <laughs> will answer to Carl Carlton the Bear, which is the Leafs mascot. No pets uh, are allowed. Anyone who brings up the the fact that Gilmore played for the Canadians will be escorted off the premises, <laughs> and um, it goes on and on and on uh, with, with these uh, with these uh, funny house rules. So uh, they, my goodness! Now the, the Looney thing is great. Like so, this is folklore. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, is that what what year was that? The '98 Olympics? Am I thinking of that? Yeah, and in, in, yeah. Yes. 98 Olympics is that uh, Wayne Gretzky buried who's Wayne Gretzky, the great one, by the way, is Canadian, the greatest hockey player ever to live. Um, and most great hockey players are Canadian. But he, he buried a Canadian coin, a loony, a Canadian dollar in center ice, unbeknownst to anybody. And then, of course, we won the gold medal. And uh, and then he dug up the loony. And it's probably in the Canadian Hockey Hall of Fame. It, it's somewhere. It? Yeah. Certainly not in circulation. Anyways, that's the loony. So, wow. Right. That is a there creepy you go. thing. MLSC and Airbnb working together. Uh, and, and Airbnb is also going to make a $15,000 donation to the MLC Foundation as part of this. So there you go. That's the Save the Leafs Fund? Is that what that Good is? Good on the... Yeah, yeah. Somebody's <laughs> Somebody needs... Uh, we need a goalie! Yeah. Uh, all right. Our second piece of news, a tap ad has uh, signed a partnership deal with a company called Visual DNA. Um, and this is all about cross-device... Um, Ad attribution again. Um, so there's a lot going on in this space, as, as Rob already alluded to. Uh, Tap had, uh, has uh, access to more than 500 million 
audience profiles across devices targeting, um, and they're going to team that up with Visual DNA's psychographic audience profile data. So it's it's marrying the mobile uh, data that they have, uh, you know, across 500 million devices with uh, audience profile data, with a psychographic piece, obviously coming from Visual DNA. So it just makes you know this you know, even more powerful when you, when brands and marketers want to understand, you know, who to target, what audience to target, and, and to have that additional data um, associated with it by blending the psychographic stuff with, with the mobile kind of, you know, whereabouts uh, and movements of people across devices uh, makes this very, very powerful. So tap ad partnering with Visual DNA. I like the name Visual DNA. It's good. Um, another one of our members down in the... Uh, the, the the lower states, I guess. Are they the lower states? I don't know. What's Florida? Is that a lower state? I, w- I would say that's lower state. Okay. So uh, down in Miami, or actually, the, I guess Fort Lauderdale-based, uh, Royal Caribbean is down there. And uh, they have a campaign going called, uh, well, it, it just finished actually uh, last week, but it, it was called Come Seek Live. And this is really cool. So they've taken uh, billboards, digital screens in New York City, and... Um, the content on these screens are basically live broadcasts via Periscope of where these cruise ships are right now and what people are seeing. And so it's basically bringing you the cruise experience, you know, to a billboard in in, in New York City, and um, so that you can you can see what that experience is like. So so it's kind of like in some ways, you know, last week we talked about, you know. Um, Seat view, uh, you know the Google Street View applied to Virgin and letting you experience, you know, that plane. And here you have Royal Caribbean basically doing something similar with different technology, but basically broadcasting using Periscope, live streaming, uh, you know, the cruise experience to to digital screens back at home. Uh, there's 13 live uh, broadcasts going on, five different islands over seven days. Uh, and this is being done by Dan Moore, uh, is one of the people who's doing this. He's a, uh, I guess, a well-known YouTuber and Periscoper um, of some celebrity. And uh, I guess people follow this guy. So he's, they, they've enlisted his, uh, his support to, uh, to, to promote this. So this is pretty cool. I think this, is, this, this could be a great way to, to showcase you know, a vacation, a cruise vacation, in, in, a, in a way that most of us will never experience it. So there you go. Uh, campaign again is called Come Seek Live. Uh, hashtag Come Seek Live. So there you go. All right, our fourth story um, is really two in one, uh, and, and it's really about uh, funding and acquisitions. So a little while ago, uh, TCS, uh, which is a big location based services uh, technology company, uh, they acquired a company called uh, Locktronics or Locktronics. I don't know how you want to pronounce that. Uh, Seattle based company. Uh, that is uh, a big player in sort of the E911 uh, location tracking, interoperability, testing, public safety world. Um, and so they, that acquisition happened, uh, I guess, about a month ago, month and a half ago, TCS buying uh, Logtronics. And then this week, TCS got acquired. Um, so they just went and bought this company to, to you know, sort of widen their, their, their platform in the, in the sort of E911 space. And now um, uh, uh, TCS has been acquired by Comtech for $430.3 million um, this week. And, and again, both of these are big location-based uh, uh, players. And so you have, you know, effectively a merger happening 
between two major um, technology vendors in this space. You know, so you've got indoor positioning on the one side uh, and beacons and all that other stuff, and that, and E911 uh, testing and public safety uh, technology on the other side, kind of coming together into one big one big player now. So, and satellite tracking and a whole bunch of other stuff. This is like sophisticated, you know. Hardcore nuts and bolts infrastructure location, you know, not retail stuff. This is, you know, public sector and manufacturing and 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 government type stuff. So, uh, but there you go. TCS uh, acquires Electronics, and then they themselves get acquired by Comtech for four hundred and thirty point three million dollars. There you go. Final story. Loblaws, Rob's favorite grocery chain, uh, one of the biggest grocers here in Canada. Um, and they have a campaign going right now called hashtag market moments. And honestly, I, I uh, you know, I, I love these guys. They're a member um, of the LBMA, but I have to say that, that like this really disappointed me, this campaign. It's a four week campaign going on where basically they pick random people in the store and they give them prices. Um, like there's nothing unique or cool about this. Like this has been done before. Uh, WestJet did this. You might remember a little while ago, oh, and and even that was a copycat from uh, the original campaign, which was KLM um, with with, uh, with their uh, happiness uh, spreading happiness campaign at uh, at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, where they just randomly pick people and reward them. Uh, I I'm I'm hoping that there's actually something more to it than. We're just randomly picking people and handing out free stuff, uh, and that maybe it's tied to you know uh, rewards or loyalty or something. But I didn't see any of that in this campaign, and uh, so I'm a little bit disappointed. But if you want to check it out, um, it's called Market Moments. Just go hashtag Market Moments. You'll find all sorts of stuff on that, and they've got it's been promoted through their flyers, it's in social channels. They got YouTube videos showing people getting their their prizes and being surprised. Um, but come on, guys, we could do better than this. Yeah. See, and and here, this is like I don't slam people, Rob. No, what? I know, and it's safe, man, and 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 it's a member. Shame on you. No, I don't. I, like I just feel bad. Like I like we we can help you. We can help you. Why do you think that they they do these things like uh, hashtags like that? So you, you know, uh, choose the light side or choose the dark side from the very first story in JC DeSoto, the Star Wars campaign. Why wouldn't Loblaws do like instead of market moments, do like Loblaws moments? You know what I mean? So that it yeah. reinforces the brand. This is where yeah. I don't I don't get that. I don't know. They try to get they try to get something that is because somebody can now use market moments and steal that hashtag, right? And it has nothing to do with with Loblaws. That's what I don't understand. If you're going to use social to reinforce the brand, reinforce the fucking brand, right? Do something yeah. strong there. Don't be don't be lame. But I got to say, like, like or, or like you know, call it Loblaws Love, like if you want yeah, to yeah, yeah. or something. But that's what I mean. Yeah, like right? do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that you're typing in the word Loblaws when you're doing it. You're not like market moments means nothing. So it, that's what that's what's crazy about it. And, and the fact that uh, that they're doing it randomly. Uh, you know, I have. Like, well, just don't listen to us, Rob. Well, what can I say? Well, it, it, it's I, I we, this, we keep telling people what to do, and for this, some reason, a they don't pay us, and b they don't listen. Well, so. that's that's a problem. I think it's it's like a lack of respect because we're giving it away for free, right? <laughs> but but I use Loblaws. The, the click and collect stuff is is great, right? So they have this yeah, website that is too. phenomenal. I, I, I love it. It's I, five bucks. I got nothing but good stuff to say about clicking. Well, it saves me an hour and a half and yeah. two screaming kids and uh, and and I get to control the budget when it comes to to what we buy and stuff like that. And it's easy and we get to do it. The problem is, is that here here's the God's honest truth about doing it. I love it because I think I'm saving time, but 
it takes me 45 minutes on their stupid website to actually get the my order in. And then, you know, by the time I've gone through the order to 45 minutes, my time slot is now taken up. So I have to do the next time slot and that takes me a little bit of time to figure out. Then it does all this stuff. So basically it takes me an hour to order things online when it would have taken me just an hour to go in and buy the groceries mm -hmm. myself. So, and then I have to drive to the grocery store to get it. So while I love the service and it means that I'm not in the grocery store, I'm still spending an hour and a half filling out the order, going to the grocery store, picking yeah. it up, waiting at the grocery store for them to put it in my car and then awkward conversation with a guy. You know what you, need, you, what you need, Rob, is just like a, a little keyboard of Amazon dash buttons tied to Loblaws. It is and you just absolutely. Bang, you just bang out the ones you want and it's done. But that's what I mean is that why haven't they done this? Like, so that's, when Instacart comes to uh, Canada, it will decimate this service. They yeah. need an app that says like, I can just add stuff and scan stuff as my day goes on. So I don't, for my, as my week goes on. So I don't have to deal with it. You know what they, I, what, what, what they need to do actually is just take, you know, the, the, uh, the Tesco grocery right. digital shoppable wall. And just that do that. was at Gatwick airport. Yeah. And, and let you just pull, pop that up on your TV and scan it. Yeah. Or something like something like simple like that, and and then and then if I'm gonna if these these market moments things is that like I I shop there all the time I invest a lot of money in that company and if they're going out to random dudes or dudettes who yeah. are there like just every once in a while like I am a multi hundred thousand point holder yeah. they should be rewarding me not some yeah. schlep that's in there by accident. Because he's like, oh, you know, I need a baguette or something, dude. So, like, <laughs> oh, I won this. It's great. It's a car. Awesome. And then I'm sitting in line, 37,000 people deep because I'm spending $300. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Oh, well. Screw you, Loblaws. I'm taking my business to, to Sobeys. No. Not happening. No. All right. Anyhow. Those are the stories. Resource? That's it. Do you, if you want to throw in a resource, you might as well overwhelm everybody. All right. I mean, guests and resource in one Guests and resource and a rant. All right. And a okay, we'll do it quick. Um, so one of our, uh, our newer members, actually, a company called Reveal Mobile. Um, this company based in Charlotte uh, area. They have a lot of audience insight data. So they have over, they've detected and classified, as they say, over 100,000 beacons across the U.S. And they've basically created a map of the U.S. and cool. show you where all the beacons are. So uh, pretty simple stuff. So we will have that available on the LVMA uh, research uh, page. But simply, uh, it's called Where Are the Beacons in the U.S.? Are we still talking about beacons? Uh, some people are. Like, are beacons still a thing? They are. I think so. I don't hear a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. uh, they say that There's still I a lot of tests going on with beacons right now. Well, they say that Apple's iBeacon experiment was a failure. But I don't, I don't believe that yet. I think that we, we still got the jury's out on that. Really yeah. All right. So there you go. Where are the beacons in the U.S. from Reveal Mobile? Very cool. All right, man. You got like a ten stories. You got a couple of rants. You got a, an interview and a resource. Wow, we are firing on all cylinders. Our first episode of our sixth year. Right, we I entered know. our sixth year together. Wow, that's wow. that's it's crazy. We haven't aged a bit, man. No, no, we haven't gotten any wiser either. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we're, I think we've regressed, quite frankly. We've gone back five years. As we have gone through these five years, we have gone back five years in age. So hopefully that means that we'll live a much longer life. Yeah, That works for me. All right. That was 261. Folks, we'll be back for 262 next week. Have yourself a safe 
and lovely week. And remember, don't drink and drive. Don't be that fucking idiot that does that, okay? That's all I got to say. Just don't be that idiot that does that, that ruins all of everybody's Christmases for families, yours, other people's, the cops. Just don't do it. That's all I got to say, all right? And if you got a Beretta, control it with Bluetooth. And don't drink and drive and use a gun. Anything that would else? be a bad, bad, bad combination. Anything else? You don't drink, no. drive, we'll, use We'll a leave gun. it alone. Yeah. All right. Folks, we'll see you for 262. Asif, have a safe trip down to New York and back. And everybody else, see you next week. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>